This is Ashley Stone, and you're listening to The Comeback Podcast. Well, Ryan, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And um, so you knew my husband back in the day. Or yeah, I-, I remember his name. Um, we played baseball against each other growing up. Um, yeah, I remember him at, at Davis. He, I think he played with my one of my cousins um, there. And so, yeah, I kind of always I, – I remember him being a really good player too. So kind of just followed him and watched him down at Dixie just just do well down there. So, yeah, I just kind of from afar. I, we, we didn't really know each other yeah. too well. But, yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, well, yeah, so tell us a little bit about you. Just, you know, a little bit about you. And then let's go ahead and jump into your story. Yeah, absolutely. And just, uh, I guess to kick it off, it's, it's an honor to be on your podcast. I, I love what, what you're doing. Um, I've loved listening to, to you, your story, your husband's story, other stories. It, there's some amazing ones out there. I really love to hear about people up, overcoming adversity and succeeding. I, and I think it's so great that you're doing this. Um, the world needs like this light and this positivity. So yeah, I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I, Born and raised here in Utah. I grew up in the church. When I was 13 years old, my my parents went through a a pretty messy divorce and really rocked uh, my entire family. Um, We we stopped going to church. I I was angry. I was angry at God. Um, I looked at all the families, you know, that that were so happy. And I was mad. I was hurt. I was confused why, you know, we you know, why my parents couldn't stay together and, and make it work. It just wasn't fair to me. Um, you know, why did this happen? Have to happen to my family. It, it was, a. I was thir- like I said, 13, very impressionable age, but like my, my mom was struggling. My, my dad spent time in jail. I remember having to take care of my little brother uh, while my mom was really trying to, to heal. It was a very hard time, um, for, for my family. Um, Sports were my escape. It was the only thing that really mattered to me. Uh, I played football, basketball, baseball. It continued up into the high school. Um, I got a full ride to play football at, at Dixie State. And I headed down to St. George right after high school uh, while a lot of my friends were, were going on missions at the time. Um, when I was young, I, I, I knew I wanted to serve a mission. It'd been seven, eight years of, of me going to church. I just knew i I knew it wasn't a, an option for me. So it almost made it easier just going away, getting away, going to school, avoiding it, you know, altogether. Um, I wasn't at a point in my life where, where I thought I needed the gospel. And so it was, you know, it was me kind of turning myself away from, from Heavenly Father and, and Jesus Christ. I had a girlfriend that followed me down to school. Life away from home, you know, was, was fun. It I was always a good student. I got straight A's, but in college, man, it, it, especially down in St. George, I, I got into partying. I wasn't going to class. My grades were, were suffering. My mental, my mental health was, was not in a good place. I, I was becoming something that, that I wasn't. I felt empty. I knew something was missing in my life. I, I didn't know what it was. I, I was miserable. I just finished my freshman year of of football. I was getting ready for, for the next season. When, when I woke up one morning on a regular day, I went to get out of bed and I fell flat on my face. 
it was like I was on a, a swaying boat. I had no balance. Um, I, tr- I tried to sleep it off for, for three days. It, it didn't go away. I, I was having trouble uh, with, with my speech, with, with like my vision, with focusing in on, on things. Uh, I went to the doctors in St. George and they're like, all my tests were coming back normal. They, they thought it was some sort of vertigo. But after, you know, a, a few days of it, like my equilibrium being pretty much non-existent, I was fearing for the worst. And my parents were as well. They, they asked a roommate to, to drive me home um, to, to northern Utah. And the next few months were, were very scary. Not knowing what I, I had was, was very frightening. Um, I showed many symptoms of, of a brain tumor. Mm. MS or, or, you know, very serious illnesses. I, I was, was it like that whole time. Were you feeling like that same intensity? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I couldn't tie my own shoes. I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk without having someone either by my side or like against a wall. Like oh it, was, it was wild. It was a, the darkest po- point of my life. My, my identity was, was taken away from me. Like athletics were, were all I had in my eyes. And, and now I couldn't even walk. I had to have my brother, you know, support me while I stumbled around. Um, it was hard for me to get around. So I, I just decided it was easier just to stay, stay home and in bed, you know, while, while I was going through all, all these tests for, for a few months, a few months of not knowing, you know, what I had. But one night I remember, I remember having thoughts that, that maybe, maybe it was easier if I, if I weren't around, like, I, I felt like I was a burden to everyone around me and I was in the deepest moments of, of my despair. I, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to plead with my heavenly father. I, I told him that, that I'd do anything to be able to walk again and to feel normal again. I, I was desperate. Um, and as clear as day, uh, my heavenly father told me I, I needed to serve a mission. And I promised him that night that I would serve a mission if, if he healed me uh, physically. And shortly after that, I was diagnosed with, it's called post-viral cerebular ataxia. So it's basically a disease that, that attacks the cerebellum in the brain my body was fighting uh, mononucleosis and, and the antibodies stored in my brain caused causing this infection. And, and that's what caught, caused me to lose all my equilibrium, my motor skills, such as my eye movements and my speech. It's actually really, it's most common in little children after they get chicken pox, mm-hmm. but they usually recover like in a few days and, you know, they might, they might have just a, a few of the symptoms, but it's really super rare in adults. And I was told that there was a chance I, I might not ever fully, fully recover from it. Um, while it was good to finally get a diagnosis, I, I was, I was really scared. You know, I reiterated Heavenly Father that, that if you healed me, I, I promise you I'll, I'm going to serve a mission. But what I didn't realize at the time is, is what I, I needed beyond the physical healing was really emotional and spiritual healing. Um, the effects of my parents' divorce really had created scars I was spiritually mal malnourished. Um, the next next few months were were very hard. I was going to physical therapy for for six to eight hours a day. Um, at nights, I, I I couldn't sleep, and so I, I really decided, okay, I'm I'm going to turn to the scriptures. 
and I, I read books like Jesus the Christ, the Miracle of Forgiveness, really anything I could I could get my hands on. And, and I really got to know my Savior, Jesus Christ, more over the next those next couple months after I was diagnosed than in the previous 19 years of my life. I remember reading in Alma chapter seven and just just weeping when, when I read you know the scripture that, that Jesus didn't didn't only suffer for our sins, but, but our sicknesses and our infirmities. And, and the atonement for me really became personal because I didn't think anyone in the world really knew how I felt. But I was told by the Holy Ghost that, that he did know and he could help me. And I began to rely on him more than ever. Um, I remember reading about Alma the Younger, who, you know, he fought against the church. He was basically struck dumb by an angel. He, you know, he wasn't able to speak or move. And he talked about being racked with torment. But when he asked for the Lord for forgiveness, he, he talked about the joy he felt and how it was just as much as the pain that he felt. And I, I really started to relate to his experience. You know, I, I had felt both immense torment and but the joy of of the atonement of that the savior could bring he began to to lift my my burden and and helped me heal i i truly i felt like you know my experience was like alma the younger in a sense that you know here i was i and i needed to to be humbled and and this illness that i had i i started to look at it as as a blessing in disguise is, is a way for me to really turn my life around. When you said that prayer and you were just praying, what, like, was that the first time that you'd prayed in a while or what, what was your relationship like with God just in general prior to that? Yeah, it, it was my first real heartfelt prayer in, in a long time. I definitely wasn't, wasn't going to church and, it had really just, just, just straight away, like my entire family, like we, yeah, n- none of us were going at, at that point. Um, I had just, just turned away from, from everything. So yeah, that, that, that time praying was, was the first time, like, you know, in, in eight, eight, eight or nine years of, of really, and, and it was just based out of desperation. I was like, okay, I, <laughs> I'm at rock bottom right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So at this point, you're, you're still, you just got your diagnosis, but you're still, you're still going through treatments and physical therapy. And it sounds like you still have some of the, the, you know, vertigo type stuff going on. And, but you told heavenly father, you were going to serve a mission. So then what happened after that? Yeah. Yeah. So for the next 12 months, I had to retrain my muscles, how to work with my brain again and how to, to walk. I had to retrain my eyes, how to work with my brain. I had to learn how to speak properly again. Um, I remember when I first started uh, physical therapy, there was this exercise with pegs. There was this pegboard, and my my physical therapist said, "Okay, I'm going to time you taking out these 12 pegs and then putting them back in the holes." And at the beginning of my my therapy, it took me over three minutes to to be able to concentrate, to, to take these pegs out and then to put them back in. And, you know, over, over months, my, my time just kept getting better. And by year I was doing it in under, th- you know, 30 seconds. Um, yeah. During this time, I, 
I was also working on on the spiritual aspect of working with my bishop on the repentance process, on the qualifications to serve a full-time mission. I had a lot of spiritual catching up to do um, to be able to put my papers in, in addition to, you know, being able to physically pass the the exam to to serve. So after a long 12 months, I was physically cleared to to serve. Um, It was such an amazing feeling. I I have come so far, both physically and spiritually, in, in, in that 12 months. It was hard because, I mean, I, all my friends were, they were starting to get home at that point. You know, this, I was approaching 21 at that point. But I still had, in the back of my mind, there was still that concern that I would somehow relapse and have health complica- complications, you know, if I, if I went out and served. And so right after I put my papers in, I went in and got my patriarchal blessing and in that blessing, I was promised that my health wouldn't be an issue. Um, I would be strong. I would have the strength necessary to, to serve a mission. Um, there were some great promises about me being able to bear a powerful testimony in another part of the world. And the spirit was so strong during that blessing. And I knew what the patriarch was saying was, was words from, from my Heavenly Father. Um, tears streamed down my face that night You know, when, when I said my prayers. I just thanked him. I thanked him that, you know, it was what I needed to hear at that point um, to, to feel that reassurance and, and peace in my heart that, that I was going to be, I was going to be okay. Um, I was doing the right thing. You know, I I'd sacrificed in my mind a lot to, to be able to, to get to that point. But that, that blessing was, was remarkable. It, it really, it gave me the strength and courage to, to keep, keep going. Awesome. Uh, well, tell us about your mission now. So two weeks later, I was, after that blessing, I was called to serve in the Durban South Africa mission. And wow. Such an amazing experience. My, my time as a missionary was the best time of my life. I met so many amazing people in Africa. They're the most humble, loving people. Uh, my testimony was, was cemented during those years as, as I was serving and just forgetting myself. Um, I continued to develop, you know, a relationship with my savior um, I came back a, a different person than, than when I left. And, and even though we don't serve missions, I mean, I, I was there to, to serve the people, but it's just a, kind of what happens is, is we're, we're changed in, in, in that process. And looking back, I'm like, the Lord knew. The Lord knew that, that my life would be changed. The Lord knew that, that Africa is where I needed to be. And so it was, it was an amazing two years. I, I still keep in contact with, with a lot of those people in Africa. And it's such a blessing to have like modern technology and, and social media to do that. But yeah, it was such an amazing experience. After I got home, I met my wife at the, at the University of Utah. Uh, we were married in the Salt Lake Temple. We have four beautiful children together. Um, and I just look back to, to me serving as, as just a catalyst for for the rest of my life. And so uh, I, I recently got called to, to the young man's and I working with the priests and, and I've just, it, 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 the youth of, of this church, like the youth of, of this world right now, they're, they're so strong. Like, I mean, they're living in uh, perilous times, but they, I mean, they're built for it. I, I believe that they were saved for these last days. And I, I just, I feel like I, I can really relate to them. I feel like I, I'm pushing them, to, you know, to serve, to do everything they can to, to get out. Yeah. I love that so much. So 
in today's world, one of the things that we see very commonly is it's like becoming this new trend for people to leave the church and which is, you know, a big reason why I, I started this podcast, because um, your story of what you went through with your medical challenges is, I mean, it's similar to what I went through with my addiction challenges and what my husband went through and so many other stories on the podcast of when you get to your rock bottom and there's nowhere else to turn except for your heavenly father, it's like so amazing to see the kind of miracles that happen. And, um, I mean, just hearing your story, it's like, you can tell that that is the case for you. I'm sure that what you went through, you'll probably anchor your testimony to for the rest of your life. And, um, I'm curious to know, like, how do you face hard challenges with, you know, a lot of people today they're leaving over, you know, church history stuff, the CES Mm -hmm. letter they're leaving over, all of that kind of stuff. And what advice would you give to somebody, you know, that is struggling with those kind of things? And um, how does that like ever shake your testimony? Or how do you handle like hard questions? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've I've talked to a lot of friends about this recently. My wife talked about this often. It, it, It is it is really sad to see you know, people get getting hung up on, on things, but, um, I truly believe that, that everyone has their own journey. You know, my journey and and your journey is a little bit different. Um, you know, I've had some really neat opportunities to, to talk to people that are going through struggles, whether it's health related or, 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 you know, differently, um, and, and really share my experience with them. And I, I feel like I've been able to have more empathy towards others. Um, it's really helped me see others in, in a different light, and it's it's helped me resist the, the urge to, to judge. I'm always thinking of like how, you know, this person obviously is, is going through through a hard time. Um, you know, my wife and my family, we, we have quite a few people that that have left or don't share the same faith as us, stop going to church, believe in other things, etc. And, and that's just fine. I know that our Heavenly Father loves them just the same. Um, I've learned to, to, to love them the same. Um, one thing I do know that his arm is always extended and his love is unconditional. And, and he loved me and never gave up on me, even though when I turned my back, you know, on him for eight years. And so, you know, those, those people that are struggling, I, you know, just, just focus on, you know, if, if, you, if you look at a tree, you have the roots of the tree that, that are what really matter. And it's, it's the questions of, of our salvation. You know, is there a God? Um, does he love me? Um, you know, are, are we really children of, of a heavenly father? And then as you go up the tree, you, you, you get to things that, that maybe don't matter as much. Like, like church history, does that really matter for, you know, for, for my salvation, you know, so I've, I've just learned to, to really just focus on, on really just the core, the core of the gospel. And, and does the, does the gospel make me want to be a better person? Yes, it does. Has it, has it made me happy? Has it brought me more happiness in my life? Cause, cause I've been on both sides of the coin. You, you and I, you know, we, we felt, we felt what it's been, been like on the other side. And so to me, it's like, it's clear as day. 
and the revelations, the, the feelings that I've got, the answers to prayers over all the years have just accumulated to a point where I'm like, I, I can't deny. I can't deny that, you know, the gospel's true. The church has been restored. But everyone, like I said, has their own journey, their own experience. And I, I it's hard for me to, to judge because, you know, others just, they, they have different experiences here. And, you, you know, my my personal experience is just, it, it's helped me, it's helped me see, like I said, see, see people differently right? And, and try to love them through, through those, those hard times. Yeah. And I think like with, with what you went through, you took that, you were out for a while and it's like, if, you know, somebody would have seen you at that time, maybe they would have thought, you know, oh, he's, you know, he probably won't come back. He's partying and, you know, whatever, but it's like, you just never know who somebody is going to turn out to be, you know, you just never know what ex these experiences are shaping them to be. And so I think that that's, you know, the case is that sometimes they're going through exactly what they're supposed to go through so that they can be the person that they need to be. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's another reason why I wanted to come on and, and really share my testimony to your listeners that, that miracles that they haven't seized in today's world. If, if we truly look for the hand of the Lord, you know, we will see him working miracles and softening hearts. And to your point, like I've, I've seen people that I never thought would, would change or come back. And he's truly working behind the scenes, you know, our heavenly father, Jesus Christ, they, they want us to become like them. I was so moved, you know, last fall when president Nelson told us that in the coming days, we're going to see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power than the world has ever seen. I truly believe it. I, I cannot wait to see what the future holds, um, you know, to look forward to Christ coming back in all of his glory. I, I, it, it's easy to be pessimistic, you know, in today's world, but there's so much good. If, if you really look for it, there's so much good. And there's there's so many good people out there that their lives are being changed. And that's why I love your podcast is, is let's, let's put a light on that. Like, let's, let's highlight that and let's give people hope. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, so where, if you don't mind me asking where, what happened with your relationship with your parents? That was obviously like a really big struggle for you. And what, how is that today? My parents are, are wonderful people. Like I have a really special relationship with my mom. Uh, we've always been close and, and we, you know, we, we still have a, a, a great relationship. In fact, we, we have a lot of really cool experiences where she might not be as active, like as, as she, she once was, but um, I, her testimony is still there and she's the strongest person that, that I know what, what she's been through to, to where she's at and, and her journey. And I, I'm just so proud of her and uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know, with, without my mom. And my, my dad was recently married. He, he recently married his uh, high school sweetheart and, and he's, he's coming back to church after, after 20 plus years. Oh my gosh. Start, starting to come back. And um, I'm just, I'm just so happy. Like he's the happiest I've, I've seen him in since, since I can remember since I was young and um, his, his wife's amazing and, you know, has, has a testimony. And sometimes we just need that, that little nudge. And, 
And so, yeah, yeah, to to kind of what we talked about earlier, it it takes time, whether it's in this life or the next. Sometimes it, it just takes time and um, just just kind of having that 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 faith and, and that hope that, that others will, will come around. Um, it, it's, it's hard to do. But yeah, yeah, I've had a great relationship with my parents in a way, you know, that that, you know, the divorce and those those kind of really dark years it just it it, it made us all better I, I couldn't have said that you know <laughs> even even five ten years ago but but yeah we're 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 all in a much better place wow that's so cool it's like the hard things we go through even though they are they suck when we're in the middle of it it's like they can be some of the building blocks for you know the best things in our life. So I love that. Absolutely. Um, so I kind of touched on this earlier, but it's like the new like thing where people just all over the place, you see them all over social media and they're going through their journey, but they are, there is a lot of loud voices antagonistic to the church. And I'm curious to know, how do you stay close to the gospel? Like, how do you kind of like shield yourself from, the loud voices that are attacking our faith. What does that look like today and not let like the things of the world affect your spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, and I, I'm on social media myself and, and I've, I've got down some rabbit holes on, on Twitter that, that I'm like, wow, this is, yeah, I probably, probably shouldn't be reading, reading some of these things. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, there's definitely that out there. Um, a lot of noise, gosh, for, for me personally is I think just building our, building my foundation on, on Jesus Christ, my, my hope and faith and just, just keeping that, that really close uh, relationship with him and, and really like studying the atonement. You had a, Tad Collister on, on recently and, and some of the stuff that, that he's written is just, it's phenomenal. And just, you know, I, I know people that um, they spend a lot of time studying anti stuff. I'm like, if, if you would just study maybe uplifting, like, um, like, it, it, like books or it doesn't even have to be scriptures, but just uplifting. Like, I mean, there's so much good material out there. If you'd spend the same amount of time doing that as you are like, filling your, your soul with kind of, um, hateful, like, you know, speech, like you, you wouldn't be in, in, in that place. And so I, I, I truly believe that studying stuff that, that makes us, uh, you know, feel uplifted, um, reading about, you know, the atonement, um, learning a, a, about the savior, you know, really just filling our lives with, with stuff like that, like to me is, it, it's just been critical for me. Um, Cause then like that outside, no outside noise doesn't, doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like we're all going to know people that, that are being affected by it. Um, I have good friends, like I said, people in my family and just, just love, love these people. Um, you know, don't, don't give up on them. Don't turn them away. Try to empathize, try to understand, you know, where they're coming from. And a lot of times they just need, they need that person to, to talk to. Yeah. I've, I've, I've learned that I, I'm not, a, I always want to solve problems, but that that's not my role here. I just need to listen. 
I need to love this person. I need to give them, just be, be that shoulder that they can cry on and mourn with them. I think that's what a lot of people need yeah. during this time. I love how you said that your, your emphasis is on the savior. I had somebody text me and say, so what are your thoughts on the church? Like, financial, like that whole thing that was in the news mm-hmm. just barely. And first of all, I read the church's statement, which like completely explains it. But uh, yeah. I, I hadn't read that before I responded. And I just said, with my experience with what I know, and like the change of heart that I experienced, mm-hmm. I would be lying if I said that that was not true, or that that didn't happen. And there's just no other explanation for having such a drastic change of heart than the Savior's atoning sacrifice. And that this, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's about the Savior and, you know, all the other stuff out there that distracts you from the real purpose. It's just noise. Like it just, I don't, that's not my focus. And I just, you know, don't care. And I could have given like a giant explanation of what the church said. And, um, and I did copy and paste that and send it by the way, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I mean, it's so true that once you experience that change of heart, it's like, you can't deny that. And it's like, even if there's something in the news about the church or whatever, it's like, that doesn't matter because you know what you know, and you can't deny that. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, the church is just a vehicle. It's, it's, it's a vehicle that's getting us closer, you know, to, to Christ. It's helping us become something more. And, and there's imperfect people. There's the, the, the core of the gospel is, is, is the savior. It's the atonement. It's yeah. The principles and ordinances that, and, and covenants that, that we keep, yeah, to get us closer. And to help us change us. Well, is there any other final thoughts that you have for us before we wrap up? You know, the purpose of, of, of me kind of telling my story, I, I think I told you this. Um, I haven't told this to, to many people. I've always kind of shied away from being public about, about my experience. I didn't want people to think like, I don't know, I was on a pedestal. I was trying to be more righteous or, I don't know, brag or, or, or boast. Um, but you don't need to have an experience like mine, like yours, to, to be fully converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ and really come to know him. You know, I was just stubborn. You know, what's the scripture that, you know, blessed are those who humble themselves without being compelled to, to be humble. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that are just good quality people that that maybe haven't had this this grandiose like experience. And, and that's OK. Yeah. Just stay on, stay on the, you know, the covenant path as, as our prophets and apostles are, are, are telling us there, there's so much joy. I, I cannot wait, you know, to see, you know, where the miracles that, that are going to come and, and the promises that are going to be fulfilled. And I think that together, like collectively, we, we can help each other on, uh, along this path. Um, I, I've, t- I've told some people that even if all the doctrine, you know, in the church, even if none of it were true, there is so much, so many blessings that, that, that can come from going to church and just 
being there for each other. And like I said, mourning with those that mourn and, 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 and collectively helping each other get back to, to heaven, um, you know, take away all the, the other benefits, but I think we really need to, to unite and, and, and come together. And, and I, I just feel such a, a strong, you know, that, that unity that, that, that comes from the church. Like if you're struggling, if, um, there are people that, that are angels that are, are getting revelation to, to, to come help you and just allow them, you know, stand in holy places and, and allow them to, to help lift you up. Cause a lot of times the, the prayers that are answered are, I mean, it's, it's coming from people around us, our prayers. So thank you so much, Ashley. Thanks for providing this, this platform, you know, for, for hope, for light. Uh, I just want to see this, this grow. Like I'm, I'm going to share this with, you know, the, your, your podcast with, with everyone I know there, there's been so many cool speakers on there. Um, I'm just, I'm humbled that I even, that, that you even took the chance to, to interview me. Cause well, your story is amazing and you have so much, so much insight. And I also just love what you just said about how, you don't have to have a to go through these big things like you and I went through to gain a strong testimony. And that was really cool that you said that. And I just think that, you know, people who have that strong faith and they don't, they don't need to go through these big drastic things. It's those people are really special, you know? Absolutely. So Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Um, it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast and you are, you're awesome. So thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey guys, first off, I want to give you a heartfelt thank you to all of you that support the podcast. We wouldn't be able to get this message out without all of your help, so thank you so much. I've had a few questions come in from people that aren't on social media, so I just wanted to let you guys know that we do have a website. It's www.comebackpodcast.org. You can find all of our episodes here. Um, There's a list of our book club selections, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks again. We love you guys so much.